a table with healthy conversation, so many things can be sorted out. That's why Jesus wants to come in and sup, eat, share meals with us so that we can sit and talk and he can say, hey, Rifle, how was your day? Did you walk in the light that you have today, my son? Did you treat others like, I, wow, I saw that when those people said that to you, but you blessed them. Well done, my boy. You, you, you got it. You carry on. You scared, afraid. Why? How can you be afraid? When we sup with him, when we commune with him, when we sit down and allow him to speak with us and into our lives, there will not be so many problems. Hence, the king of the church is standing outside and fits in with today's message. Why are so many people, God's people, just burnt out? We can understand when people in the world say, man, I just can't carry on. Well, we can understand because you're God unto yourself. You don't understand how the kingdom of God works. You don't even believe in the kingdom, so how can you not be burned out and tired? Because that's what your God is trying to do, to make you tired and burnt out. But that is not the kingdom. That's not our Abba. So therefore, he says, come on, man, open your heart. There's nothing greater than being able to get to that moment every day to open your heart and say, have a look. Is there something in here that displeases you? Shine your light. Is there anything in here that is not of you? It shouldn't be here. Rip it out. I give you permission. Take it out. And too many of us are hurt, insecure, inferior, offended, prideful, and we're like, man, you just leave that there. Let them have, I'll show you. And that's not God. One reason why so many people are burnt out because they're not allowing God to shine his light and his love and sit and deal with them about things. So we're going to talk about that today. Whose secret are you carrying? What secrets are you carrying? We all have secrets. Secrets are bad when I was growing up. Secrets were you'd whisper in someone's ear, we don't, that's rude, you don't, you know, and you come to someone and say in their ear, whispering, we don't do that. But we all have secrets. Whose secret are you carrying? If we can have on the board there, please. Psalm 25, 14. Praise God for good eyesight. <laughs> the secret of the Lord. God has secrets, but I grew up thinking and I was taught that secrets are bad. I was taught that it's not good to have secrets. Secret, but there's a secret of the Lord. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. Now, I've done a whole teaching on the fear of the Lord, and praise God, that was good. But do you want to have the secret of the Lord? You know, we talk about many people you hear and people who speak and motivational speakers, the secret to success. Pay me $150 for an hour, and I'll give it to you. <laughs> the secret of success. There's a secret of success. I've just given it. You don't have to pay anything. The secret of the Lord, that will make you successful, very successful. But it's only with those who fear him. We all want it. We all need it. We can all have it in this kingdom. He makes it available to us. But it's for those who fear him. 
back to the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom, which will tell us why so many people are burnt out. Secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. What covenant is that? Go and read about what God promised Adam, what he gave to Noah, what he gave to Abraham. And Abram comes at one stage, he said, how do I know this is going to happen? God said, okay, let's cut covenant because that's the only thing you understand. And he goes through the covenant. He says, I will bless you so that you can be a blessing. You and I are not just blessed so that we can sit in our bedroom, look in the mirror and say, man, you're so blessed. You are just so good. No, we can do that because that's who we are. But we need to take that blessing outside of the bedroom. We need to take that blessing outside of the church so that the world can start walking in the same blessing because freely have you received, freely should you give. So that secret of the Lord is for those who fear him and he will show them his covenant. So I hear so many times people get bent out of shape because they hear voices. Yet Jesus says, my sheep will hear my voice. So you're going to hear voices. And then he says, and the voice of a stranger, there's another voice, they will not follow. And so many people come in the prayer line, the devil told me to do that. Well, praise God, that's half of the victory. If you know it was the devil, just don't do it. <laughs> we, we don't need to pray about it. Just if the devil told you it's a lie, don't do it. You don't need to come for prayer. You already have the answer. Simple. Jesus is kingdom and amazing. Wisdom of God. So whose secret are you carrying? Okay. If we go to the garden, because God doesn't change, he doesn't want people to be burnt out and tired. That is not his will. He's just so good all the time, every day. His goodness is never ending. So if we look in the garden, the first thing that man hears when he opens his eyes, I mean, can you imagine, you know, you can give people a fright in the morning as soon as they open their eyes and you, you know, jump on them or do something. It's such a shock. So mankind, Adam, God's creation, the first time he opens his eyes, breathes, hears something. I mean, how wise is God? How amazing, how much wisdom, how much revelation does God have? I mean, it's exactly all. We can't even... He could have said a trillion, billion, million, zillion things to Adam as soon as he opened his eyes. Do you know that the laws of flight worked in the garden? Adam just didn't know about them. It wasn't when the two brothers here in Carolina got on a plane and started flighting that lift and thrust was only made you know, in the world. That was in the garden. Electricity, it was there. I mean, there's so many things. God could have said so many things. This awesome, powerful, majestic being. And Adam opens his eyes. And he could have said, man, you just misstep. You disobey. I'll slap you so hard. You will bleed. That wasn't God. But many of us have this picture of God. The first thing when man opens his eyes, there's the being that created all. And he blesses. Man, he gives himself, his power and authority, he conveys and he gives to this being that he created. Why would he want you to be burnt out? Was that me? Why would he want you to be tired? 
if he wanted you to work, if he wanted you to struggle, if that's the kingdom of God, he would have said so in the garden. But he didn't. He comes to man and he blesses him. He gives him authority. He gives him power. He tells him, you subdue that which steps out of line. That which is not of my kingdom. You have the authority. You have the power. You take care of it. You're my man. Never changes. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the blessing is still for us today. The authority is still ours. The power that he gives is still ours. All of these are still ours, what he said to Adam. So, I mean, God could have said so many things, but he blesses him. So in Genesis 3, which is, to me personally, just one of the most amazing, so much happens in Genesis 3. I mean, it is just phenomenal what happens, what goes on, who comes in, who speaks, who shouldn't talk, who obeys, who dis. It's just, man, wow, one chapter. You can study that for the rest of your life and you won't come to the end of Genesis 3. But in Genesis 3, we see a couple of things happening. We see that God now takes man and he puts him in the garden. How big is the garden? The Bible tells us you know, where it was and it gives us the rivers that it's from and where it was. So we can't say so many square miles, but however big it is, God tells Adam to keep it. To tend, to look after. Is that work? Yes, that's work. Okay, here's a garden, Adam. God says, this is what you're going to do. This is how I make and keep and tend. And then he puts man in the garden. And then he says, okay, now you just do what I did. Was God tired? No, he wasn't. He just showed man how to do it. And now he says, now that you have seen me do it, you've got everything that I had. You go ahead and you carry on doing it. And expand this garden. Fill up the whole earth. How humongously big is the earth? And it should have started from that little garden. Don't you think someone will get tired if they have to do that? If you say to someone, man, you've got to sprinkle the water, keep out the weeds, prune these fruits. You've got to do all the spread up. The, I mean, that would be just an overwhelming task. That would be just too great. But it wasn't because God had his blessing on Adam so Adam could do it without getting burnt out. Wasn't God's will for Adam to work, 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 and after two years come to him and say, Please, can I, I can't do this anymore. I'm so tired. I'm burnt out. That wasn't God's will for mankind. Yet it's happening today all the time, all the time, all the time. Then God comes to Adam and hear this. He says, Okay, Adam, my son, I'm going to bring all the animals. All the animals. How many is that? Do you know how many species of birds there are? Bugs? Deer? And he says to Adam, you name them. And whatsoever you name them, that's what they will be. Sit and think about that. How long was that going to take? How many animals do you think were lined up? How many? Because, you know, there's Adam in the garden. And God brings the. He doesn't even have to go and find them. God brings them to Adam. So he's sitting there. Mm, thinks lion. Isn't lion lion? <laughs> Zebra. Buffalo. And one passes after the other. It doesn't tell us that Adam is sweating. It doesn't tell us that Adam said, I can't do this. This is too much. I can't. Does it? He just names them. And whatsoever he named them. 
That is what they were. That's power. That's authority. That's work under the kingdom's way of working. We don't read that he was sweating. We don't read that he got burned out. How many animals are there? How many species of whatever he had to name are there? I mean, we would have animal one, animal two, animal three, animal. There are people who have seven kids and their names all is like kid one, two, three, four, because it's just too much. But Adam could name every species of being without getting burnt out. How could he do that? Because he had his father's blessing on him. And he knew that should I get to a place where I can't, all I can do is walk in the cool of the day with my Abba. Say, you know what, when I got to 7,940,000,000, I kind of ran out of names. Can you give me a couple more? (laughs) What would Abba have said? Okay, download this, take this, my son. These are, it wasn't a problem for him. Didn't burn out, Wasn't, wasn't even an issue. We don't even read in the book that Adam had any trouble in doing that. Why would God change with us today? Just because there's more work and technology and family and kids, it's still God's will for us to be, do, to be able to do everything that he's commanded us to do without being burnt out. Burnout is not of God. Okay. So then we get to this verse, Genesis 3.17. Still in Genesis 3, what a chapter. Then Adam, and to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it, cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil. First time we hear that word. It's not in the kingdom of God, it's not in the garden, it's never there until disobedience steps in. And now because of disobedience, toil is the result. It wasn't because of God. And we must check this verse very carefully because people use this verse wrong. And we're going to look at a verse where we get it from just now. God says, cursed is the ground for your sake. Did God say, I'm going to curse the ground because you did this? That's not what he said. He did not say, okay, now because you did this, I'm going to curse the ground. And you hear people saying, well, look at a verse just now. God cursed the ground. God, God did not curse the ground. God said, this is the way it works. There are two systems. There are two kingdoms. And if you do things according to the way of the kingdom, the ground is blessed. The earth will bring forth. There will be water that comes up. You can do everything. You can make this garden expand. But there's another system. And if you partake of that system, there's a curse that comes with that. He was not saying, I will curse the ground. I will curse you. God just stood back because that's what love is. That's what love is, to be able to give someone a choice. So even if there was no choice in the garden, it would still be a jail of perfection if they couldn't choose to disobey God. If this beautiful, amazing garden was there, but there was nothing, they had to obey. They had to. God would make them, force them to do everything he wanted to. Where's the love in that? There isn't. So that's why God says there are two systems. The one connected to the blessing. 
the other one connected to the curse. And the Bible says today in Romans that the earth is waiting for what? For the revelation of you and I, the sons of God, to be manifest. Today, the earth is still waiting for that. So the earth is cursed there. Why? For your sake. Because of what you did, Adam, now the curse is going to be made manifest in the earth. Not I'm angry and I'm offended, I'm going to... No. My son, you chose... And you have free right. Do you understand how amazingly powerful your and my choice is? Every single day, your choice to do right, your choice to do good, your choice, your choice is so powerful. And the enemy tries to dumb down our choices. Well, let them decide for me. Let them do this for me. Let no. God gave us the power, us the dominion, us the choice. So Adam chooses wrong, Eve chooses wrong, and now because of their choice, there's another system that they open up and that they have to partake of now called the curse. So now we hear of toil for the very, very first time. So toil in the Hebrew is number 6093 in the Strong's Concordance. It's the, the Hebrew word etzebeth. It means pain. It means labor. It means hardship. Sorrow. The NIV and, and, and New King James, they use sorrow. The Old King James, original King James uses the word toil. So that's what God says. Because you gave into doing wrong, now this is what is going to happen. Because Not I'm doing this, but this is the way it's going to be because you chose this. Because of your choice, now you will work. And now for the first time, they even hear about. It wasn't even mentioned. It wasn't there. Now they wake up to this pain. Can you imagine being in the garden? There's no pain. There's no headache. There's no cutting your finger on a rose when you try and get a flower, a rose, and it pricks and there's a bit of blood. There's no bee that's going to sting you. There's no, there's no damage, no harm, nothing. And all of a sudden... Pain? What, what is pain? What, what does it mean to toil? What is hard? What is sweat? What, what? And God says, now this is the way it's going to be. Because you chose to disobey. And, and I respect your decision so much that I will stand back and allow you to choose whatsoever you want. That's how much I love you, my child. Hasn't changed today. Holy Spirit is speaking. Holy Spirit is guiding. Holy Spirit is there. But God says, you have to choose. That's the love that I have for you. And Jesus went to the cross to protect that right. And not even he is going to infringe on our right to choose not to obey him. That's the amazing love that God has for us. So now they hear of pain, labor, hardship, toil. Then we go to Genesis 5, 28 and 29. It's another one of those so-and-so begot, so-and-so begot, so-and-so begot, where you fall asleep, but you mustn't do that because these are filled with revelation. Lamech lived 182 years and had a son, and he called his name Noah, saying, saying, okay, this boy, look what he says about this guy. This one will comfort us concerning our work, and the toil of our hands. 
Look what he says, because he doesn't know. He wasn't there. doesn't have all knowledge, wisdom, understanding. Because of the ground which the Lord has cursed. Did the Lord curse the ground? God didn't say, I'm going to curse. God said, because of what you did, the ground is cursed. So here he doesn't know. He wasn't there. It's like the verse where people go to a graveyard. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Jesus didn't say that. God did not say that. Job said that. That's not God's word. Jesus made it very clear. I have come that you may have life, John 10, 10, and have it till it overflows abundantly. The thief come not but to. That's all he does. Steal, kill, destroy. Try to burn you out. That's what he does. Not God. God is not in that. His blessing doesn't work that way. So now Noah is born. What does Noah mean in Hebrew? It means rest and comfort. Isn't God so amazing that he can speak to someone then who's not filled with a hope, but he can get a message through, man. And he says, this one, this boy, this Noah, man, I've got a plan for him. If I tell you now, Lamech, what your son is going to do, you would not be able to understand. It is just so amazing. And you know what? That's the same plan for each and every one of us. We may not build an ark. But there's something so great for you to do that if God had to tell your parents, they would say, really, my seed is going to do that? I don't think so. But God gets through to this man, Laming, and he calls his son rest and comfort. And he says, he speaks, he decrees, because the Bible says everything that a man shall decree shall be done unto him. In the book of Job, he decrees and he says, this one, will bring forth comfort and rest. Concerning what? The toil that was opened up in the garden. So here we have Noah. Here we have comfort and rest. And God's working and God's working all the time to get the blessing back because it's not God's will for us to toil. He's always trying to make us work in the grace that he has made available to each and every one of us. So there's Noah, which means rest and comfort. So he's going to bring rest and comfort concerning toil. Now let's go to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. And we can probably quote this. We use it often. We all know this. Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Okay. Come to me. This is Jesus talking. Come to me, all you who labor. And are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Who's heard that before? Okay. If your hand's not up then. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me. We have the teacher available to see what to do. He's teaching. For I am gentle. This is Jesus, man. This is... You know, in the Old Testament, when the fire came down and the rocks are splitting and there's earthquakes happening and this is Jesus. And he says, all of that, you know, you're looking at the wrong thing. I'm gentle. That's what I want for you. I want my gentleness, my plan, my blessing to work for you. Come and learn from me. He says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Isn't that amazing? What is your soul, your will, your thoughts, your emotions? 
And people's emotions these days are out of whack. It is so horrific what people are dealing with in the emotional realm today. Yet Jesus says, when you come to me and you learn from me and you do it my way, man, your soul will have so much rest. Doesn't matter how much turmoil is around you. Doesn't matter how bad the storm is that you are in. You'll still be able to sleep in the boat. How bad do you want rest? That's what he says. I'm gentle. He says, and you will find rest for your souls. Because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is Jesus. So according to this verse, according to the word of God, it's not his will that we burn out. It's not his will that we are tired. It's not his will that we are stressed and we have to and we got to and we wake up early and we... That's not God. That's not Jesus. He says, I came and I say only what the Father says. And the Father is saying that he wants you to have rest for your souls. That's why he sent me. So come to me. But you see, the thing is, when we come to him, we have to come to him on his terms. There's the problem. So many people come on their terms. And that's not working. That's not right. I can't say, you know... Tiffany and I want to be citizens of this country. We want to have a green card. We want to come. But we can't come in here and say, okay, listen, yeah, we want to be citizens of this country, but you need to do this and this and this for me before I choose to. We would not be here if that was our attitude. They would kick us out so quickly. And people think that they can do that with God. Okay, I'm going to come to you. I need rest. I, my soul is so, but, but this is how we go. Let us talk. Because your word says, let us reason together, does it not in the old covenant? That's not the reasoning he's talking about. So we can't go to him on our terms. We have to go to him on his terms. I didn't get married to that amazing lady on my terms. See how good a marriage is going to work out when you say, okay, we're going to get married, but you're going to do this and this and this otherwise. That's not going to work. There will be no yes in that church that day. So enjoy the food and the festivities, but it's going to be very awkward. And people are awkward all around coming to Jesus when he says, come to me, learn from me. Look how I did things. Look at the blessing that I walked in. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do it my way. Come to me. Is this a once thing? Is this a, okay, come to him, get reborn, save, turn around, okay, going to heaven, I'm done, I'm, I found my rest. No, because so many other scriptures in the Bible, not specifically say it, but allude to the fact that it's not a one-off thing. It's an every single day event of our lives. And that's what I find very, very shocking and very, very sad to see is when you ask people, okay, you're dealing with this, you're tired, you how much time do you spend with Jesus every day? Don't raise your hand. But there are so many people who are, I'm not being facetious or sarcastic, just too busy. And they say, man, I've got this to do, I've got this to do. And you know the cliche. I mean, if you are too busy for Jesus, you are too busy. Because he says, I'm knocking at the door. I want to come in so that I can sup and talk with you about these kind of things, but you're just too busy. 
And therefore, there's burnout. Therefore, there's tiredness. Therefore, there's waste. Therefore, there's when he's saying all the time, this is how I did it. Look what I did with my father. Man, it doesn't matter how busy I was the previous day. You know what? I, I would wake up when it was dark and I would go and I would sit with Abba. And he would tell me, this is what's going to happen this day. These people are going to do this. And when this happens, be prepared. And he walked away from there. He didn't have any issues. Why? Because of the time he spent with Abba. If Jesus did that, who do we think we are not to spend time with him every day? And it's not law. You better sit down and read your Bible. It's not that at all. It's man. He's knocking. After he went and hung on that cross, he's saying, now I want to spend forever on the inside of you and lead and guide you into peace. That's why we spend time with him. Not because we have to. We get to spend time with him every day. And so many people don't have that get-to-be-with-him relationship. That's why there's so many tired people in the body. It's not his plan or his will for us. It's a continual come to me every day when you wake up and you open your eyes. Good morning. Thank you for this day. There's breath in my lungs. There's food on the table. I'm lying on a bed. Bless you, God. Here we are. That's how we start. Come to me every single day. Close your eyes on the pillow at night. Wow, what a day. Man, it may have been rough, but I'm here with 10 fingers and 10 toes and I'm breathing. You brought me through another one. Thank you so much. Instead of do this, we need this, and this is prayer request, blah, 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 blah. That, that's not come to me. And so we look at a couple of verses here. Romans ten seventeen says, faith comes by hearing and hearing. Not faith comes by here and then faith comes because you heard. It's a continual, all the time, present, continuous. Faith comes by hearing. If you talk about herd, people will think you're speaking about sheep and cattle. You don't ask someone, how's your herd? You don't do that. You say, how's your hearing? Meaning even now. How's your hearing right now as I'm speaking to you? How's your hearing? That's how faith comes. That's what Jesus says. Faith comes, so come to me every day. Come in, keep on, continual, present, continuous. Come to me, come to me, come to me, come to me. All the time, it never stops. Jesus says in John six forty eight, I am the bread of life. If you skip one meal in the natural, do you know about it? Oh, yes, goodness me. Beginning of every year, we do a fast. We have to prepare ourselves because we're going to fast. And it's why? Because you're skipping out on food. You're skipping out on bread. But there's so many people who have skipped the bread of life for weeks. And the spirit man is crying out, saying, I'm hungry. I'm burnt. We can't carry on like this. And we're just too busy to do that. If he is the bread of life, you cannot have life without eating the bread. And when you stop eating the bread, now life starts fading and something else called death becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. How much time do we sit and sup with the king of the church daily? 
so that he can tell us, burnout is not of me. This is where we're going to change things. This is what we're going to, this is the path that I have for you. This is what we can change so that you can have rest for your souls. It's a continual thing. John 1, 9. That was the true light which gives light to every man. Not just us in this, every man who comes into this earth. Jesus is the light of that man. What fool will go into a place at night, turn off the light and stumble and break their toe and then blame somebody else? Because they were walking in darkness. Yet people shut out the light all the time. He is the light. And we turn off the light and we try and navigate through life by ourselves without the bread of life and the light who's screaming, Proverbs says, from the hills, come and listen to me, O you who need wisdom, because I'm shouting out so that I can give you direction and where you need to go. He's just all the time, everywhere we go, crying out to say, come and sit with me, my child. I want your soul to be so at ease, so at peace. You should look ridiculous in a world that is so confused. They must look at you and say, how are you able to smile? Do you not know what is going on? And then we can say, well, that's not my kingdom. I'm not a part of that system. And you can be a part of my system if you want to. And this is how you do it, by spending time with the master Every day, by eating the bread of life, by walking in the light that he gives us. That's the way of the kingdom. Um, So in that verse, um, Matthew, that we just read, come to me all you who labor. Labor is the Greek in uh, number 2872. It means to grow weary. So Jesus says, come to me if you are growing weary. Come to me if you are tired. Come to me if you are exhausted with toil or burdens or grief. Come to me. That's what that word labor in that verse means. If you are tired, if you are toiling, if you have grief, if you are exhausted, come to me. Because I will give you rest. And then he says, take upon yourself, this is very important, the word yoke. He says, take upon yourself my yoke. What does that yoke mean? In the Greek, they used to use it for a yoke that you would put on an animal. But it also means this. That, what Jesus is saying, come to me, take upon my yoke. It means a balance or a pair of scales to weigh. Take upon yourself my yoke, which are balanced It's like a scale. I'm going to give you something to do. You're going to work, but I'm going to give you the grace to be able to do it, and they're going to balance out so that even while you're working very hard, you're working under grace, so it's a balanced scale. You can't get burnt out when you take upon yourself my yoke because the place that you are called, I give you the grace for what you need to do. Everyone, there are graces and places. And each and every one of us have a different yoke. And when you walk with somebody else's yoke, it doesn't fit. It's not balanced. And now you get burnt out. 
So Jesus says, come to me, take my yoke. I have a work for you. I have something for you to do. But you're not going to be burned out. It's going to be a perfect scale between work and grace. Isn't that amazing? So that you can be busy day after day, but you're not burned out. People look at you and say, how is it possible? You have kids, you have a job, you have a ministry, you have a business, you have all of this. You go to church, you play the guitar, you spend time with your children, you spend time with... How do you do all of this? Man, this is because I've got a yoke on me that is balanced. I can do all this because I'm doing it in His grace. What is His grace? Enabling me to do what I can't do by myself. Take upon yourself my yoke. Because after all, I was the one who had my hands in your mother's womb when I knit you together. And I know your frame. I know what you can carry. I know if something will be too heavy for you and it will break you. So I'm not going to give that to you. Don't look to somebody else because you are this part in my body and you're not called to do what that part is doing. So keep your eyes on me who's the author and finisher of your faith. And the scale will work where there's work but there's balance and there's grace and it's just... And now when you walk in that work, people will look at you and say, how is it possible because you're just so good at what you do and you got time to do it and you're not burnt out and you just... Ah, I carry a yoke. I carry a yoke that is balanced with grace, love, joy... Peace, kindness, goodness, mercy, self-control, temperance. And the yoke that I used to have, I've got rid of that. And so many people have not got rid of that yoke. And it's causing emotional pain. It's causing burnout. It's causing horrific things. And Jesus says, let me take that off. But you have to come to me because I know exactly what yoke I have prepared for you. Don't wear the one that other people or the world or the system of darkness wants you to wear. That's the secret of not getting burnt out, of walking in so much peace, is carrying his yoke, not what anybody else says. That's very important because family will tell you one thing, church will tell you one thing, politicians will tell you one thing, but Jesus will tell you the one thing. That we need to obey. Just concerning this, let's just look at, we are, we got a couple of minutes, five minutes. First um, Corinthians 15.10. How busy was Paul, the Apostle Paul? Crazy busy. Here's a good one. Crazy busy. Would you like to have Paul's schedule? Would you like to have gone through everything Paul went through? And the church says, no, amen, no. But look what Paul writes here. Look at this. Catch this. 1 Corinthians 15.10. He's talking about all the disciples and the apostles. Look what Paul writes. But by the grace of God, grace, okay? By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. Brother and sister, do not let the grace of God toward you be in vain. Do not let the goodness of God 
his kindness, his mercy towards you and I be in vain. One day where we stand before him and it's like, well, we didn't use it. We did our own thing. He says that grace was not in vain. Look what he writes. He says, but I labored more abundantly than they all. He's talking about the 12 disciples, all the apostles before him. He says, I worked, I labored more than all. All of them. My goodness, how did you do that, Paul? That's ridiculous. Why would God ask that of you? That's just, that's unfair. Why would God? How did he allow that? And then Paul answers it and he says, Yet not I. It wasn't me that did all that work. He says, It was the grace of God which was with me. That balanced scale. Paul wasn't burnt out. Paul wasn't crying. I can't. I mean, he went through stuff and asking God to remove, but he wasn't burnt out and tired. I can't do this. And you read through the word what Paul did, what he had to go through, but he had a balanced yoke upon himself that Jesus said, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go through these tough times, but know that I have this for you. And, And he has that exactly same thing for each one of us. Such a balance between working And we don't work. We have an assignment from heaven. It's two different things. You work for a check and salary and money, but you have an assignment from heaven. And when you seek his kingdom and do it according to him, all these things will be added unto you. It's when we don't seek the kingdom, when we're carrying scales we shouldn't be, that the kingdom can't be made manifest to us. And then we get burnt out. But God is so good. It's his will. Like in the garden, when man opened his eyes, be blessed. Have authority. Subdue because you have my power in you. Fill up the earth. Take this garden. Spread it around. You're that amazing. Name all the animals. Go into the theater and the music and the arts and the politics and the business and the culture and change it. Make it the garden of Eden. Subdue that which is not right. Kick out the kingdom of darkness. Because if you ask anything in my name, you seek the kingdom, I will give it to you. And all the things that you need will be added unto you. That's the yoke that I have for you. It's just so easy. It's so balanced. But my child, you have to daily come and sup with me. You have to daily make some time. There's no law. There's no rule. You don't have to wake up early in the morning when it's dark. You don't have to just spend time with the master whenever you have it. Because our schedules are different. Some of us are looking after so many kids. Some of us have businesses to take care of. Some of us. But sometime during the day, you better believe that the master is carving out a certain time for you to be able to spend with him. He's not going to bless you and I. With any work, job, assignment that is not going to allow us to spend time with our Jesus. And if you think that you are so blessed because your job is just so great, whatever you are doing, and you are just so busy, money coming, and this is amazing, and everything is working, but you do not have time for the master, you better check your schedule and what you're doing. Because he paid such a price to be able to have time with you and I every day. That the blessing is not going to take that 
time away. So if we are too busy for God, we are too busy. Because we need to come to him, take on his yoke, because his burden is light. It's easy to carry. And he wants you and I to be in rest. Is that not good? Yeah. That, that's God. That's, that's Jesus. That's just like in the garden. He could have said anything. And today he says to you and I, come here. Come to me. Sit down. What's bothering you? Let us, let us, let us talk and eat. Covenant. Break bread. Have a meal together. I'll tell you what you need to do. I'll tell you. Learn from me. I will show you. And now that I've gone, man, I'm going to send one that's just like me called Holy Spirit. And he's going to lead and guide you into all the truth. He's going to show you things to come. How can you be fearful, my child? This yoke of balance through work and grace, man, it's so easy to carry. If you are here and you realize that Holy Spirit is prompting your spirit now and Holy Spirit is saying to you, you're carrying a yoke that is not of me, I want you to please stand up. Holy Spirit wants to take care of that right now. It's not to make you ashamed or put you on the spot. It's wanting to bring you freedom. It's wanting to bring joy to your soul so that you can walk in what he has for you. Just stand up right where you are and we're going to pray. If you are carrying a load or a burden that the Holy Spirit showed you today through his message, it's not of him. Just stand. Lord Jesus, we come now just in obedience to what you told us to do. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you said, Lord, in your word and you left it with us. We have it in our hands. You said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Lord Jesus, we come now. And we choose to take this yoke that does not fit us, that does not bring peace, that does not bring comfort. But we are working, we are toiling under the system of darkness. And we choose to take it off right now. Just put your hands on your shoulder and just take that thing off. Just say, go now. No more. And Lord Jesus, we just come. Just like Noah's daddy said, man. This one will comfort man concerning his toil. And we take upon ourselves your yoke. And we say, this yoke will comfort me concerning toil. Because there will be no more toil anymore. We receive your peace. We receive your work and your path that you have for us because it's good. We thank you, Lord, for that which you have predestined for us. When you had your hands in our mother's womb, you said, this is the yoke I have for you, my child. We take upon ourselves now that yoke and we declare that we are going to find time we are going to look for moments in our days that we can spend with you, that we can sit and sup and open ourselves and our hearts to you. Jesus, you don't even have to knock anymore. Our door is open. Come inside and sup. We've prepared a meal for you. We say, come in and eat with us. Lead and guide because you're so good. You're kind, you're gentle, you're gracious. We thank you for a yoke of balance.
we thank you for a soul filled with peace because you are our caretaker you tell us to cast all our cares upon you we choose to be obedient to your word in that right now we come and we say take this yoke go no more in Jesus name and we receive the peace that surpasses all understanding through Christ Jesus who guards our hearts you are so good thank you for this day thank you for freedom thank you for your life that you have given for us we bless you we love you and we thank you precious Jesus and we ask all of this in your name alone amen is that not good hey freedom if you have any prayer requests if you want someone to pray with you please come to the front we will pray with you praise god go and be free